What are the chances that Brandon Montour comes back earlier than expected based on what we've seen online? And on today's show, we are going to discuss a whole bunch of over-unders based on the team and for players over-unders as well on today's edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this Wednesday, August 23rd edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez, and you can follow me on X at Monoman12. Follow the show account on X and Instagram at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And thank you once again to the everydayers who come back here and get your daily Florida Panthers fix. So a few housekeeping things before we get on for today's uh, show. Uh, the Florida Panthers, during their home preseason games on September 25th and September 29th against the Nashville Predators and Carolina Hurricanes, uh, the tickets will be $15. General admission and parking will be included. And because the September 25th uh, games are a doubleheader, re-entry is allowed for that one. Both of those games will go to Florida Panthers foundation to benefit youth hockey in south florida also best of luck to all the nations competing in the amerigold latam cup which begins today august 23rd all the way until the 27th at the florida panthers ice den and we are 50 days away from opening night for some people it might be actually 49 days and you'll see why in in just a a few uh, seconds but be also fans we want to continue celebrating the 30th anniversary of the of the Florida Panthers. So in the next week or two, be on the lookout for a, a link on the show notes and on our social media pages on ranking the top 30 Florida Panthers of all time going, going throughout the 30-year history of the franchise. But it is Wednesday, which means it is a Winans Wednesday edition of the show. And the reason why we say 49 days for some people is because Jacob Winans is joining us from across the world as he is currently in the Philippines covering the FIBA World Cup. It's crazy how with the Amerigo Latin Cup with a whole bunch of nations competing, Jacob is across the world covering another sport with multiple nations uh competing. Uh Jacob Great to be have you on as we are currently 12 hours apart from each other, but still able to make a recording time work. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks for having me. This is this is definitely one of the crazier ones we've done. Um, yeah, I am 12 hours ahead. So as of this recording, it's uh, it's just after midnight for me. You can see the black in the window behind me. Um, but no, it, it's uh, always a pleasure to be on. I've I've been on three flights in the last 25 hours. Um, a couple of layovers, hopped right off a plane, came to the hotel and uh, fired up the, the the webcam and the microphone so we can talk some Panthers hockey, even in the Philippines. Yeah, so we've done an in-person show, a car cast, and now one uh, half with you halfway across uh, the world. But uh, let, let's go right into the topics with uh, with the 
with with the Florida Panthers and all. And this is something that I've just been wondering over the last few weeks. You know, uh, Nick, Nick and I were definitely discussing uh, a lot of this uh, last week, especially. But I, I also want to I also want to discuss more about really when it comes to the videos that have been out on montour as well and then we're going to ask a, a, a question later in this segment but let's start with montour and his his rehab and i want to ask you when it comes to when it when it comes to motivation and him trying to be ready for the season let, let's not forget there's it's a shortened off season for for the panthers what do you think are the chances that internally that he is talking to the front office and the coaching staff that he is not necessarily rushing, uh, because we are competitive people. Um, you, you and I, being athletes, we want to be out there and play. What are the chances that he, you think that he is trying to, to convince um, the front office and coaching staff that he will be ready for opening night, especially based on him being in a contract year? Um, I think the chances are one hundred percent that he's trying to convince everyone who will listen that he's going to be good to go for opening night. I think as an athlete, um, athletes are always going to try to push the limit and, and uh, do everything they can to be available. Uh, the best ability is availability. And especially in a contract year, Brandon Montour doesn't want to waste any games, not on the ice um, when he could be building off of a career year and, and in turn building his, his own value. So I think it's a virtual guarantee that he's trying to convince everyone that he's good to go. Um, whether or not that results in him being on the ice for game one or not, uh, that's a completely different story because at the end of the day, the medical staff has final say. And after the medical staff, it's up to the coach. If, if Paul Maurice wants to risk putting him out there uh, prematurely, and I, I don't think it's worth the risk. I think the Panthers have enough defensively to at least start the year, uh, not necessarily breaking even. That's not what I would want to say, but uh, they, they won't, they should have enough defensively to, to keep their head above water um, with, with Montour out. So I don't think there's any reason to to push it or, or risk re-injury. He's too important to the team. It's too important of a season for him personally and and uh, with with his next contract up in the air. I, I think he's absolutely going to try to push it and, and get on the ice as soon as possible, even if it is an unrealistic timeline. But I don't think uh, – I don't think the, the – medical staff or the coaching staff are going to let him cut any corners um, in his recovery. They're going to check every box before he's put back on the ice. No doubt. And just looking at his recent contracts before Bill Zito gave him a, a three-year deal, a two-year deal with the Anaheim Ducks before he was traded to Buffalo at 3.38 AAV, uh, a one-year deal for for the, the Buffalo Sabres, uh, 3.85, and then, and then the, this current contract, 3.5. So he hasn't – he's been – at, at a certain number for a few a few uh a few years years now and he you know yeah these guys are millionaires but even even millionaires are thinking about keeping up with inflation as well so he's trying to get his his raise and and uh also trying to provide some financial security but also you can't keep everyone that's the thing uh we we spoke about this even before the kachuk trade if you were to sign uh huberto and Uyghur to long-term deals a few seasons ago you are shortening the, the the window with 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 what the Florida Panthers could compete with, and it's the same thing if you were to keep Gus Forsling and Brandon Montour as well. If you were to sign both of them, so I be, I'm in, I'm under the belief that you only have to keep one. 
that's that's my belief. So, Jacob, let's and let's put some context before I ask the question about Gus Forsling's two years younger. Um, Brandon Montour is almost thirty, and I believe they have a similar floor, but Montour's ceiling is is the, is a little higher. But did we see Montour's ceiling l- last season? That's the question. So, going into this question, who do you, who would you keep long term, Montour or Forsling? For me, it, this is really difficult, but I would have to say Gus Forsling. Um, and it's not at all a knock on Brandon Montour. Uh, I want to make that very clear. I think he's one of the best players on the team. But I think it also is very likely that this past season was was his peak. I think that was probably his his career year. That's not to say he can't get close to it or even right. surpass it. I could be wrong. Um, that And everyone's prime is different. You can stay at your peak for a given any given number of years. So to say that that was his best season doesn't mean that's going to be his only best season. He mm-hmm. could do the same thing and stay at that level for a number of years. That's, that's perfectly uh, reasonable to assume that could happen. But given the injury, given his age, and given the fact that it, it was not an outlier, but it was a one-year breakout, I think you have to be really cautious about the term and the the dollar amount you, you give to Brandon Montour. I think Gus Forsling, he's younger. He will be more affordable to keep long-term. Mm-hmm. I think his versatility is a little bit better on the defensive end. I think he's um, a little bit more capable than Montour defensively, a little bit more responsible. Uh, and he doesn't necess- he doesn't really have the injury history that Brandon Montour now has with a major uh, shoulder surgery, which uh, can be hit or miss in recovery. So I would personally keep Gus Forsling long-term over Brandon Montour. And, and another aspect of that is trade value. I think if something were to go wrong, with the Panthers this season and they end up in a sell position. I think Brandon Montour would, would fetch an absolutely massive haul in a trade. He's a right shot defenseman. Uh, he's proven offensively proven in the playoffs. I think if worst case scenario, the Panthers end up having to trade someone Brandon Montour brings back the most. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think, I think you end up, I think if it's between the two, you probably keep Forsling. Um, but I'd love to see them both stay. I definitely would as well, but the cap is definitely a a real, even though a lot of people say the cap isn't real, but it's not, it's not like the other leagues where you can, you have player options and, and, and all that and guaranteed money after a certain, certain, uh, certain amount of the, of the deal like the NFL does. So Montour is going to require a higher cap hit. He's probably going to require also a longer term while I think the max for Gus Forsling won't be anywhere over five, at least in my opinion. And I think the term, the max term, I don't think you're going to get anything over four years, neither, which Montour can get at least up to eight or if he goes to another team, seven uh, as well. So I right. think that that's, that's also, you got to consider that when it comes to, but Hey, and good news, someone will least, pay it. Someone, yeah, will, someone pay will. It. There's no, there's no doubt. Someone will pay that. So you also good consideration is that, the projection is 87.5 and if you're if it's that track of 4 million plus every year it won't look as bad but again so so you you still want your flexibility long term and and to still in, increase that window and of course let's also not forget uh, clauses as well no move clause no trade clause that could be added that just keeps you in this in 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 a hor- horrible position if you are if you are put putting someone 
their their long term on 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 a certain amount of term. But we're that's we're gonna park that conversation here. But this this we're gonna have a little fun here uh, on on the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. We're gonna talk all over unders on based on the team and based on players as as well. We are gonna discuss that more here on the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. But first, we're gonna tell you all about bird dogs and bird dogs makes you look good bird dog stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thighs leg giving you a truly sculpted look bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as lululemon but fit way better they fit better than any regular shorts they're made with strict restricting cotton bird dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks like khaki but stretches get way slimmer fit and doesn't sacrifice movement bird dogs use the anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you dry Cool and dry all day long. Go to birddogs.com slash lockdownHL and enter promo code lockdownHL for a free white tech hat with your order. That's birddogs.com slash lockdownHL or promo code lockdownHL for free for a free white tech hat. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Segment number two here on this Wednesday, August 23rd edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast for another edition of Wine and Wednesday. But if you're Jacob, it's actually August 24th, <laughs> as he is <laughs> he is coming to you from Manila, Philippines here. And uh, let's go over some over-unders, uh, my friend. So I, I have a I, I want to start off with a funny one uh, for you. And we're not necessarily going to go rapid style, but we're going to go like maybe your, uh, two or three uh, sentences uh, here, or maybe f- up to, up to whole, a paragraph, th- depending on the topic. But I want to start with Paul Maurice meltdowns. <laughs> he had two of them last year. 1.5. I'm going to have you let you go first. Over or under? I'm definitely hammering me over on that. Um, we are the Florida Panthers. The referees will never like us. And as long as there's certain refs that you know when we get them, uh, it's going to be a long night. So I'm definitely going Definitely going the over on 1.5 Paul Maurice meltdowns. You could have set that at four, and I would have still taken the over. Um, we'll see how we'll see how well Paul Maurice keeps his temper in check this season. But if we're gonna if we're gonna set that set that, I want to know if if the meltdowns count just on the bench or in the press as well, because that that is that's a that's a key point to think about because he he does not hesitate to to shoot off some fiery comments about refs in, in post game. So definitely taking the over on that. It's funny because I didn't really, um, as far as meltdowns, I met meltdowns on the team. I guess, I guess I should have set that one higher, but as far as meltdowns on his team as far, but Hey, uh, you could definitely set that 4.5. If I'm going to put 4.5, maybe, maybe uh, slightly under maybe like three or four, because being in this industry for, for, a decade plus so over over two actually um we 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 know when he we don't know when he's gonna fire off but as far as his team 1.5 i'm gonna say under as far as on his own team uh based on there's gonna be there's gonna be necessary there's gonna need be nor there's gonna need to be more patience as far as the injury situation for for the blue line as well now that the team is uh is a year into the system i think he's gonna i think the team knows the expectation more what when they come into this season as well i think that that's going to be definitely uh something that on, on his own team 
under. But if you're setting 4.5 as far as team and officials, uh, you could set at 4.5, and I'll take the uh, I'll take maybe maybe the under on that one. All right, goals against 3.32 was the number last year for for the Panthers. Uh, I'll go first on this one. I think it's going to be under. I think the Panthers could actually be better uh, th- this season as far as that. Uh, you know, Mark Mark Stahl is gone. We uh, <laughs> that, so that's definitely <laughs> a big factor as far as, as that. Uh, but I, I I just believe with I, and I know there's going to be complaints about Oliver Ekman Larson, which we'll get to Oliver Ekman Larson a little later in the show. Uh, but he won't be he won't be asked to play a big role um, later in the season, hopefully. Uh, so I, I think that there's a possibility with a lot of players having a lot to prove, like Nico Mikola and Mike Riley, especially Dmitry Kulikov as well. There's a pot, and with Sergey Bobrovsky, just the possible momentum going over. Uh, I think that I think that it could be under three point two. I'm gonna agree with you. Um, I'm gonna go under. I think a, a number of factors go into that. I think last year the Panthers, one, you're learning a new system. Two, we forget that they started the season in salary cap hell. They the the situation with the roster they started the season with last year was was not good. Um, Mark Stahl, <laughs> that's that's the only explanation needed on that one. Mark Stahl. Um, defensively, I think the Panthers kind of figured it out in the playoffs, and I think they can carry that style into regular season. I think Sergei Bobrovsky found himself again in the playoffs. And I think even with the off season, I don't think he's going to suddenly lose that form. And then the, the big thing for me is Spencer Knight's coming back. And I expect Spencer Knight to have a big year. Uh, I think Spencer Knight's going to, going to take a big step forward in his development. And we're going to have two really, really solid goalkeepers uh, this, this season. Uh, in addition to uh, a better defense, as far as depth is concerned. Um and I'm looking forward to hearing this, uh, to, to seeing what we what direction we go in with Oliver Ragman Larson, because I'm definitely not as low on him as, as a lot of people are. Uh, I think there's still a lot there to work with. So I'm, I'm definitely taking the under on, on goals against. Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to do uh, two, um, two at a time. So we're not here for like 45, uh, um, 60 minutes because <laughs> uh, we, we, ha- we both have a lot to say. Uh, goals for 3.51. Um, that was last year's goals for. And then. Total points. Uh, I averaged it between the President's Trophy winning season and last year. So goals for 3.51 and points 107.5 over or under on both of them. I'm going to go under on goals for slightly. I think it'll be close. Uh, The Panthers have consistently been really good offensively. Uh, so I don't think it'll be much of a drop off. I'm going to, I'm going to go slightly under that given that the Panthers are going to have a, a much more renewed focus on defense. Uh, and I don't think you're going to see, I, I don't necessarily think you're going to see the insane point production from Verhage and Kachuk that you saw last year. I think again, they will get close, but I think last year was unrealistic to to maintain or expect uh, every season. So I'm going to say slightly under, um, but, but very close in that range. And then points, I'm also going to say slightly under. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my prediction for the Panthers' points this year is right around 101 to 103. I think they top 100, make the playoffs, of course, but I don't think they get up to 107. Yeah, I'm going to go under on both of them as well. Uh, I, I, I do believe that goals will be distributed more. I, I'm really, 
I'm really high on that Evan Rodriguez signing for well as well. And your top and, and your top nine is for the most part the same as 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 last year as as well. So they didn't lose a lot like they did two two seasons from two seasons ago as well. But there, there's gonna be there's gonna be more focused on pacing yourself through through the season and not having to play. I I believe they're not gonna be playing that game of catch up as well. Um, at least that's my belief. And then the last two for the team: third period comeback wins and overtime wins for the Panthers. So let's so let's uh, talk about last year. The Panthers had three comeback wins after the second period and four comeback wins after the first. Which, God, that's you roll your eyes when you hear that. Uh, and and overtime wins in twenty twenty two they had thirteen. In twenty twenty three. And this does not include the shootout. Um, in 2023, they had four. So I, I averaged that one out. So I put third period comeback wins at 5.5 and overtime wins, excluding the shootout, at 8.5. I think we're going to go over. We're going to see over 5.5 as far as third period comeback wins, especially based on building the momentum off the postseason. And as far as overtime wins, not in. Not exclude, not including the shootouts. I'm gonna go under. I think we're gonna see more than four, but I don't think it's gonna be crazy to the point where the Panthers are basically unstoppable in the extra period because that was fun seeing overtime periods on three and three hockey. That 22 Florida, 2022 Florida Panthers team made had a lot of people loving the three on three, including myself. But um, it's, even though there's a lot of criticism with exiting out of the zone and then re-entering as well even with the open ice but i'm i'm gonna go slightly under on that one yep i'll i'll start with uh overtime wins i think it's gonna be slightly under i'm gonna i would see expect somewhere around six or seven uh i'm gonna go slightly under on that the panthers still have really really elite talent uh especially in the forward group so they're gonna win overtime games they're not gonna they're, they're not gonna be a bad overtime team but it's also such a toss up in the NHL today. Every team has skill and in three on three hockey skill shines through and, and all it takes is one chance. So I'm going to go under on that. And I hope we're not reliant on overtime wins the way we were in that president's trophy winning season because yeah. overtime was pretty much automatic that season. And a lot of that was Jonathan Huberdeau. Uh, he was, he was excellent in overtime. Um, and then as far as, um, so we had overtime wins and just remind me what was the second one? Uh, third, period comeback, third period comeback third, wins at 5.5. Third period comeback wins at 5.5. I'm going to go over on that. And I don't want to see us, I don't want to see the Panthers trailing a lot in third periods, but I do think it'll be over 5.5 um, because I, I don't think they're going to be as, as I don't want to say bad, but they definitely struggled when trying to play catch up in games last year. They just didn't seem to have the firepower to, to claw their way back. I'm going to say over on that because I think this year they have more offense to get back into games. And also I don't see them getting blown out or trailing by a lot at the end of second periods. I think there's going to be games where they go into the third down a goal or maybe down two. And that's not really an insurmountable deficit. Uh, if you look at the roster that the Panthers carry into the, in, into this season. So I think I'm going to go over on that. I think, I think they have more firepower and they also will, will be keeping games close, even when they are trailing. Yeah, and and like we said, that how they were able to do so in the postseason uh, is definitely building some confidence that they that that it it it, it is uh, possible for for this uh, 
for this team to even when they fall behind that they're there they they never feel that they're out of, out of the out of a game but in the third and final segment we're going to go over personal over unders for certain certain players and we're going to discuss that more on today's locked on florida panthers podcast Third and final segment on this Wednesday, August 23rd edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. On today's show, we are discussing over-unders. And in this segment, we're going to talk about some personal over-unders. So let's start with the goaltenders uh, here. So this is the this is the average between the, tw- uh, the President's Trophy winning season and last season as far as goalie wins for Sergei Bobrovsky. The average between those two seasons is 31.8. Five for for Sergey Bobrovsky and Spencer Knight starts his career high in starts is actually 27. And before he went to the players' assistance program, he had 19 starts uh, last season. So Sergey Bobrovsky over under as far as wins 31.5, and Spencer Knight starts 25.5. What, what says you, Jacob? I think I'm gonna go just under on Sergei Bobrovsky wins, uh, partly in due to my answer on the second one. And, and I'm going to say Bobrovsky finishes right around 30 wins, uh, which is a, a really good number. Um, and I think Spencer Knight, I'm going to take the over on starts for Knight. I think he's going to carry more of the workload this year. I think in the beginning of the season, it'll be heavily skewed toward Bob as they ease Knight back in. But I think I think Spencer Knight's going to take over a pretty good chunk of the starts, and I think I think I could see Spencer starting 30, 30 to thirty-two, maybe thirty-three games, and winning a, a solid twenty of those, um, or somewhere close to it, eighteen to twenty, which would give the Panthers something around forty-eight-ish wins, uh, which I think is is reasonable. Forty-eight to fifty wins would be would be a really really solid season. So. That I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with under on Bob wins just barely and over on Spencer Knight starts. I'm gonna go under on Bob wins as well, maybe like somewhere around 28 to 30 uh, around there. And let's also not forget that when training camp cuts happen um, and you pick up someone off waivers, they have to be on your opening night uh, roster. And based on based on the Spencer Knight still being waivers exempt, um, it, he can he can start in Charlotte and have Anthony Stolarz there. And like you said. The workload for Bob is likely going to be him to start the season, but I'm expecting I'm expecting uh, Spencer Knight to be part of the team even before December. Uh, as far as that, even if he starts a little bit in Charlotte, Anthony Stolarz might get a start or two just in the beginning of the season. But as far as the as far as uh, from January on, I'm not I'm not picturing uh, Stolarz being the being the second goalie on, on the team during that part of the season but we could see him being the second one in the beginning of the season. But I do think that um, by the time that Spencer Knight does uh, come back, uh, I do believe that he is, he is going to be over that 25.5 next one. Next to our Alexander Barkoff goals and Kachuk points. Alexander Barkoff, 39.5 goals and you could guess why I put it at that number because he's never had a 40 goal season. Of course, health has had to, a lot to do with it. And Kachuk's points are the average between the last two seasons of him and Cal- his last season, Calgary at 104 and last season at 109. Uh, so I put 106.5 uh, as far as that. Barkov has net has historically 
started off slow in the season. I, I, I do believe Barkov's focus more in the offseason is strength training more than it is any stick handling, shooting, and all that stuff, which, honestly, I don't see anything wrong with that. You're trying to build your physique, and you're trying to be harder on the boards, uh, and especially for your puck battles. That does pay dividends as, as well um, later on, but it takes a little bit for him. But at, at a, there needs to come a time where the fast start – has to happen for Barkov, and I do think that it's going to happen for him. So I, I'm going to go over on that. And for Kachuk's points, I'm going to go slightly under. I still think he's going to be in the 100 point range, but I think it's going to be maybe around like 10, 105 it, um, around there for Kachuk. It's it, but still, that's still a great season for Chucky as far as that. Yep, I'm going to go over for Barkov on 39.5. I think this is the year where he finally tops 40 goals. Um, I think during the playoffs, he finally found uh, a little bit more confidence and and, and uh, willingness to to be the guy offensively and and take the big shot or make make the big play uh, and get shots on goal. I think I think if he can carry that into the regular season, he starts the season off uh, with less less passiveness, less um, deferring to other teammates, and more. Uh, more assertiveness and, and shooting. I think he tops 40 goals, and I think he tops 100 points this year uh, as well. Uh, Matthew Kachuk, I think, will be slightly under 107. I think he'll just barely top 100 points this year, um, somewhere around 35 goals, 65 assists, give or take a few on either one of those uh, stats. I think I think he's going to be right around there. Um, not a bad season by any means. If you can go three years in a row over 100 points, you're – probably considered the best winger in hockey right now. Uh, I think he's got a case for it. Um, I can't really think of anyone at, at the wing that I would definitively put above Matthew Kachuk right now. So Maybe possibly. I mean, maybe. 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 But playoff performance matters, and head-to-head, Kachuk beat him. So mm-hmm. you could have that argument. Um, but I, 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 I think Kachuk ends up right around 100. I think Barkov will actually lead the team in scoring this year. Uh, wow. I think I think he takes that on uh, this season and, and ends up being the team leader in scoring um, with both goals and points uh, overall. Yeah, David Rodriguez of the FLA Cats Hockey Podcast actually had a poll who's, who who scores uh, more goals, Verhage or, or, or Barkov. I, I actually have not uh, voted in that one, uh, but I saw the post uh, earlier, but I'll probably go ahead and vote on it um, after, after we're done recording this show. Uh, Evan Rodriguez, power play goals. Uh, the last two seasons, he's had 12 and 10. And then Sam Reinhart goals, 29.5. You can see where I'm going there as far as that. As far as Evan Rodriguez goals, I'm going to go slightly under, but I'm not, but it's not going to, I don't think it's going to be under double digits uh, ne- neither. But I think he's going to be very serviceable on the power play. And Rhino, the fact that he had 30 goals and he was off to a slow start. I have to go to the over. You have to go to the over. I think that one would be an obvious one to go over, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I'll start with Rhino. I think he, an obvious over. I think you take the over no matter what on that. Um, he doesn't. He doesn't do it flashy. He, he's not. None of none of Sam Reinhart's skills jump out as elite or best in the league or anything like that. But he's just so solid and so consistent. I think I think you definitely take the over. I think he he gets over thirty goals again. I think he gets up around seventy five to eighty points again. Uh, I think he's still a menace on the power play uh, with his deflections, and I think he has another really strong playoffs. Um, what that means for his future as a Florida Panther, we'll we'll have to wait and see uh, because a, a new contract will 
will have to be discussed. But I think I think Sam Reinhart uh, puts up another another really strong season uh, with over 30 goals and around set between 70 and 80 points. And Evan Rodriguez, I'm going to go slightly under on power play goals. Uh, I'm going to I would estimate somewhere around eight or nine. Um, not bad by any means, especially at his cap hit. He has an absolutely wicked one-timer, uh, which is something the Panthers have been missing on that side of the ice. Um, and I, I think that I think his power play points will be higher um, than than what he's had before. But I think power play goals will be slightly lower, um, given his positioning with that one-timer. I think that that means great things for Sam Reinhart, for Matthew Kachuk, guys who who make their living right in front of the net, tipping shots and putting in rebounds. I think that Evan Rodriguez one-timer will, will open up a lot of rebound opportunities for those guys in front. So I think Rodriguez has higher points, fewer goals, um, but just, just slightly. Yeah. And we also got to consider that he's not going to be, he could, he could play some power play one, but it's not going to be every single game. You're going to be some, see some on power play two, some on power play one. So that's going to affect how, how, how right. often it, he's gonna it, it'll be very that. dependent. It'll be very dependent on his, how he starts the year. Yeah, because uh, the power play unit with injuries will look slightly different to start the season. Um, mm-hmm. Panthers you went 2D a lot last year, and and obviously if Montour and or Ekblad miss time, there should be an opportunity for him on that top unit to start. And if he runs with it, then he could see he could see some extended power play one time. And definitely not expecting five forwards, but never say never for 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 this one especially. yeah that was an interesting experiment when it yeah. happened <laughs> yeah no doubt uh so let's let's finish with the last three um so this is actually something for you and i um and even nick um as well us complaining about oliver ekman larson because we we've uh we we've definitely had our complaints about the likes of uh mark mark stall aaron ekblad um last year based on their defensive play um so that one's set at 9.5 complaints on this podcast about Oliver Ekman Larson on maybe a boneheaded play. Um, the next one is Lundell games that Lundell plays on Barkov's wing. And that's not just one shift or two. It's a good majority of the game. You, you, you be the, you each be the judge of that, whatever that means. Um, that one's set at 9.5 as, as well. And then this one, Grigory Denisenko, 25.5 games played. He's on a one-way deal. The most he's played in a season um, with the Florida Panthers has been 18. And this includes healthy scratches. And if there's a if he gets put on waivers, which I don't think that's a chance you want to risk um, with Denisenko as well. But that one is set at 25.5. So frustrations with OEL, 9.5. Lundell's games played on Barkov's wing. 9.5 and then gains played for Gregory Dedesenko, 25.5. I'm going to start with the under on Ekman Larson. I am a believer in Ekman Larson this season. I think to start the year, that's when you might see some of our complaints. He'll be getting into the system. Uh, he'll be taking on a bigger role than what he's expected to have while he's here. Uh, I think he, I think there's going to be there's going to be some growing pains with Ekman Larson fitting in with the Panthers. It's, it's, it's not going to be an immediate uh, success, but I think as far as a reclamation project, he's as, as high ceiling as you're going to find in the player that you're looking to bring back to their old form. It's not like he hasn't been an elite defenseman before. And it's not like he's too old to be one again. Uh, so I, I think, 
I'm not saying he's going to be elite. I'm not even saying he's going to be top four caliber, but I think he very well could. And I don't think he's going to be nearly as bad as he has looked in his last two stops, uh, given that he's going to have reduced responsibility. Uh, he won't have the pressure of that massive contract he was playing under. Um, Fair enough. I think, I think Ekman Larson's going to be just fine here. And I'm going to go under on that. Anton Lindell, I'm going to go over on games mm-hmm. played on Barkov's wing. I think Lundell is in for a really, really big breakout season. I think with Anthony Duclair traded, there's a there's an opening uh, on on somewhere in the top six on the wing. I think Lundell and Barkov really found something in the playoffs when they did play together. And I think if Sam Reinhardt starts slow, a Barkov Lundell Reinhardt line could be the key to unlocking Rhino's game early because uh, Lundell and Rhino get play so well together. Putting Barkov in the middle is not going to do anything to mess that up. I think. I think Lindell just might end up being too good this year to play in the bottom six. You might just have to find a place for him in the top six. So I'm going to go over on that. And then your last one, what was the number you said on that one? Denisenko, 25.5 games. 25.5 games. Okay. I'm going to go over on that. I'm going to go over on that. I think he tops 40 games this year, which I know is is a pretty, uh, pretty bold prediction given – his limited playing time and limited production. I think, it, I think it's time for him. Um, I think the Panthers are going to, they're going to have to see what they have in him at this point. Uh, he's, he's had some really bad injuries. He's had some things that have stunted, stunted his development that were out of his control. I think it's time for him this year. He got a taste of the playoffs. He played a Stanley cup game. Um, I, I think he's, I think he's ready and I'm going to go over 40 games and I'm going to, uh, this, this one might surprise you, but I'm going to give him 10 goals this year. I think he actually hits double-digit goals. I think he'll get 10 goals this season. Uh, I think he's going to. I think he's going to show show himself as a as a serviceable bottom six uh, winger, a third line a third line uh, depth winger. I think he. I think he has it in him, and I think the production at some point is going to come. So I think he's going to. I think he's going to play over 40 games. I think. I think he's he's going to be. Uh, that that good developmentally where he's he's gonna find a place in the lineup he's gonna keep it yeah from no goals in 26 career games to hopefully uh 10 that's a that's a great thing if you can get that out of your bottom six um i'm gonna go quickly because we're running a little long frustrations with oel i'm gonna disagree on you on that one i think because it's an 82 game season we're gonna go a slightly over it we might get a lot of them in the beginning of it but you know there there's certain there's certain uh there might be certain goals uh um there's gotta there's gotta be at least one one every other, every few weeks that you're gonna be like you're gonna think what was he doing there as well so i'm gonna go slightly over games played on barkov's wing i'm gonna say over i'm gonna agree with you over on that one because i think you could also trust etulus theranian to take care of the 3c uh job while anton if anton lindell does go on that wing and if and also let's also consider that etu can also go on barkov's wing as well um from from time to time as, as well so i'm gonna go there and then 25.5 games i'm gonna go over as well but i don't think it's gonna be i don't think it's gonna be as far as 40 i think it's gonna be more of, of the of the 35 um variety for uh dennis denisenko yes you gotta find no find something uh there but you know what's really gonna be telling for for denisenko is how he how he also is in practice as well how he takes the criticism as well the the coaching from from the staff uh, also so that's that's really what's going to be telling um as far as him getting into the games as, as well as you know he he's uh, i'm sure he's sleeping a lot better at night knowing that it's one way 
on his deal rather rather than having to jump back and forth he's like okay this is this is this is that time um this is he's probably thinking this is my time uh so hopefully we're, we're seeing um more than more than 40 games if we if we do uh that that's gravy in my opinion for sure but jacob i want to thank you so much for joining me on this wednesday edition of the lockdown florida panthers podcast thank you for joining me from across the world as, on this edition of the show but tell everybody where they can follow you online my friend Definitely. You can follow me on X, formerly Twitter, at Jacob Winans 8 uh, We'll definitely be talking Panthers hockey there as we get closer to the season. And I'll be right back here next week. Same location. Awesome, my friend. See you next week, my friend. See ya. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time. The Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe to the other shows on Locked On NHL Network, including Locked On NHL, Locked On Fantasy Hockey, Flip Livingstone, and Steer Roden, and Locked On NHL Prospects. They can make the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. So I'm Armando Velez with Jacob Winans, and you've been listening to the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.